The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Gemara Moed Katan Daf Yud Zayin. Today's Daf is being studied by the Nishmat Avraham Ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihenu Begin Aiden. Amen. We begin today's Daf on Ted Zayin Amud Bet. Two lines from the bottom. Amar Rabbi Tanhum Bered Rabbi Chia Ishkefar Ako Amar Rabbi Yaakov Bar Acha Amar Rabbi Simlai VeAmrila Amar Rabbi Tanhum Amar Ravuna VeAmrila Amar Ravuna LeChude. Some say the statement was just made by Ravuna alone. Talmid Shnida Lichbodo Niduyo Nidui. She's a Talmid. A Talmid. A student that excommunicated somebody because he felt that that fellow slighted his honor. So the nidui is considered a nidui, and the proof is, and therefore everybody has to treat that fellow the nidui, which means it's valid. How do you know? The Tanya we learned in a brayta, right? If the rabbi puts somebody in nidui, then the talmidim also have to treat that. Nidui, menudele talmid, inu menudele rav. But if the talmid puts somebody in nidui, that doesn't demand that the rabbi must treat that student benidui. So the Gemara makes it the yukle rav who de inu menude. It's only to the rabbi who's greater. However, he's not menude. Halekule alma menude. But everybody else, he is menude. So therefore, you see that a nidui of a talmid to somebody else has to be respected by. All it is legitimate. So the Gemara says, "Lemai." Now, what are we talking? What type of nidui? Why did the student put somebody else in nidui? E bimili deshmaya. If you're telling me it's because the other fellow is uh, remiss in a obligation of a Torah, let's say, which means he's committing averot, and that's why I put him in nidui. En chokma ve'en temuna ve'en aitzah le'neged Hashem. Which means the pasuk says there's no chokmah, there's no wisdom, there's no uh, idea that you can go against Hashem. Which means if he did something against Hashem, that I don't care. Once he's put in nidui, everybody has to respect such a nidui. I'm not going to work with respect now. That the rabbi doesn't have to respect such a nidui because he's greater. When it comes to the person committing avera in chokmah ve'anei there's no there's no way to outsmart. The uh, system when a person commits a transgression against the Torah. So therefore, if he committed something against the Torah, and that's why it was in binidui, everybody has to respect such a nidui. Even a tamin hakam, you cannot say, "Well, I'm greater than uh, the person that put the person in nidui, therefore it doesn't apply to me." No, in hokmah nobody is greater than the the law itself. Also, must be why was the nidui levied? Out of kavod, because the student felt that his kavod was slighted, so therefore he put the other person in nidui. So you see what? That a student that puts somebody in nidui lichvodo, it has to be respected by everybody else. Amar of Yosef, surbam berabbanan, a talmid hacham, avidina de nafsheh, He's able to take the law into his own hands. He can execute the law himself. In a law that he is fluent in, that he knows the halachah Which means that he's vaday and he doesn't have a sefik. For example, there's a certain monetary law. He knows this guy owes him money. He can go take it out. He can go to take the law into his own hands, so to speak, and go take the money. So the Mephashim explained, I think the, the Tabas says, anybody can do that really. The Hadush is that even a Tamil Hakam can do that if he knows the law. And he has, without a doubt, of Safek. The Hadush is that we don't say it's a Hadud Hashem if a rabbi does it. Even a rabbi, Tamil Hakam, if he knows that somebody owes him money and he's 100% certain, go and actually take the money out. Correct. There was a certain Tamid Hakam. That there was a bad reputation going out. The first you say the bad reputation could be the Gabe Arayot. He wasn't careful in Yanek Kedusha. So there was rumors going around about him. 
Amar of Yehuda, hechi le'abid. So the Yehuda was in a quandary. He said, what are we going to do with this Tamid Hakam? L'shamteh, if we're going to put him in harem, tzarichi le'rabbanan. The rabbis need him. Which means, he teaches Torah. That she says, de'atre, de'atre behon. The rabbis of the place, they rely on him. He's their uh, rabbi. So they have to go to Shi'urim, they have to go to classes. So how can we put him in Hayrim? Now even though we learned above, that somebody that's in Nidui, is still allowed to teach Torah. So, seemingly what were they worried about? So the Mephashim explained, but still, it's not proper to go study Torah from somebody that was put in Nidui. So the rabbi knew that once he was put in Nidui, automatically the Torah is going to be uh, limited. Right? People are not going to learn as much with him. So the Gibbara says... Not to put him in Nidui It's going to be Halul Hashem Because bottom line the guy is doing things not proper There's rumors And not to put him in Hayrim is going to create A situation Of Halul Hashem Which means when the people find out That the rabbis on purpose are closing their eyes And not uh, reacting to this person's uh, bad deeds or rumors So it's going to be a uh, might cause others to learn from him and so on, there's no repercussion so we might as well do the same thing so he said says, do you have any tradition when it comes to this, what do you do in such a case Pasuk says that the lips of the Kohen Yishmeru Da'at will uh, protect and have wisdom. That's the Tamir Chakam. And the people will seek Torah from his mouth. Because the Tamir Chakam, the Kohen, is like a Malach. So he was Doresh. If the Rabbi is clean and uh, pure, like a Malach, then seek Torah from his mouth. But if he's not like a malach, so therefore this rabbi over here now, he's not like a malach anymore. There's rumors that he's involved in certain behavior, so therefore we have to put him in Hiram. You cannot learn from him. So then we all concerned was that what? It might cause the people not to go to Shi'ud. And therefore you're going to minimize the Torah. But don't worry. Such a rabbi should not, uh, Torah should not be sought from his mouth. So the Yehuda in the end put him in Nidui. Lesof Echlash Rav Yehuda. The end, the Yehuda got sick. This was the uh, sickness that eventually took Rav Yehuda's life. So the Yehuda says, Atu Rabbanan L'Shiyulebe. So the rabbis went to visit him. Ve'ata ihu nameh ba'adayu. So the person that was in Nidui, he also went to visit uh, Rav Yehuda. Kad Chazya Rav Yehuda, when Rav Yehuda saw him, Hayich. So he started to uh, laugh. Now you have to say that uh, he was without, it was away for Amot. Because he really not allowed to be with him for Amot of people. So you have to say when he went to visit, he kept his uh, distance of for Amot from everybody. And then even when he walked in, the Bihuda started to laugh. So Amar Leh. So the person that was in Nidui said, Lo gabra. It's not enough. That you put that person in Nidui. He's talking about himself. Now you're laughing? You're laughing at me? No, I'm not laughing at you. When I go to that world, I'm happy. My mind is uh, happy. Why? That I can say that even a great man like you in Torah, I did not false flatter. Which means I kept the law. You're deserving Nidui, I put you Nidui. Nobody can say that I uh, false flattered, you know, people. So therefore I'm proud of myself in the sense that I go to Allah Abba and uh, say that. Rav Yehuda eventually passed on. So now the rabbis came to uh, this fellow that was in Nidui. Came to the Beit Midrash. I want you to release me from my Nidui. 
גברד דחשיב כרב יהודה לקחה דלשתידך שלוסן רב יהודה is not around anymore the great rabbi that put you in נידוי he's not here to release you אלא זי לגבד רבי יהודה נשיאה דלשתידך but go to רבי יהודה הנשיא he would maybe able to uh, release you he's a gadol now so he went in אמר ליל רב so the bid Yehuda Nasi gave the file of this guy to Rav Ami, and he told him, "Go study the case, analyze the situation." And if he's worthy to be released from his nidui, so then release him. So Rav Ami analyzed the case, and what happened? He held that yeah, he is worthy of being released. Amad of Shemuel ben Nachmani al Naglav. So Shemuel ben Nachmani was in the Beit Midrash that day. He stood up on his feet. Ve'amar Uma Shifchas Shel Beit Rabbi Lo Nagu Hachem Kalut Rosh Ben Duya Shaloshanim. And what when a case where the Shifcha of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi put somebody in the Dui, the rabbis were scared to release. That person, and they kept the guy in the Nidui for three years. That's the Shifchav, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi. Yehuda, haverenu, alachat kama vikama. What, when the Yehuda, our friend, our colleague, he's going to be less than the Shifchav, Rabbi? He put somebody in the Nidui, now we're just going to release him? We cannot uh, treat lightly the Nidui of the Yehuda. So Amar Rabbi Zera, when Rabbi Zera heard this, he said, "My dekaman deata idana hai sabab bemidrasha." What is it? This old man of Shmuel ben Hamani today is in the Beit Midrash. Why? Deakamashane lo ata. For many years, of Shmuel ben Hamani hadn't attended the Beit Midrash. It seems he got old. That day when they were discussing the taking off the nidui, he happened to be there. So Rabbi uh, Zera said, from the fact. That he was in the Bet Midrash on this day, which he wasn't in the Bet Midrash for several years. Must be Menashamayim. They do not want this man to be out of his Lidui. Because why did Borei Olam make it that Dafka on the day that we're discussing this case, this rabbi surfaced in the Bet Midrash, and Dafka he gets up and gives his opinion? That's a Siman Menashamayim. We cannot play with this Lidui. No shalale. So they did not release him. Nafak kikabache veazil. So he left the bed midrash crying. Veazil, and he went. Ata zibura came a b vetarke amte, and it stung him amte in his private part over there. And the Tosafot says mida keneged mida, because since the suspicion against him was on snoot. So therefore, that was his uh, punishment, so to speak. V'shachiv. And that ultimately caused them to pass on. Ailuhu l'ma'arta d'hasideh. Now, they want to bury him. Now, even though we said, Tomei Tzumas excommunicated, they have to stone his uh, grave if he dies. In this case over here, he asked to be released. So we see that he was made teshuba. So, they wanted to put him in the burial plot where the Hasidim are buried. So it seems the person was on a certain, uh, certain madriga. So the Pasuk says, Lo kibluhu. No, they did not accept him. Rashi Sabim didn't accept him. So Rashi says that a snake came in front of the cave and uh, would not uh, let them uh, enter. So then they took him to the cave where the Dayanim, the judges of the city are buried. The Gemara says, And uh, they were able to bury him there. We have no problem getting him in. These are less than the Hasidim. So the Gemara says, What's the reason why uh, this Tamid Hakam was able to be buried in the cave of the Dayanim? What was his zikhut? Because he followed the principle of the Bilai. What's the principle of Rabbi Lai? Netanya, Rabbi Lai Omer, Imro'e Adam Shiyitzro Mitkaber Alaf. If a person sees that Ziyitzrala is overpowering him, Yelech Lemakom She'en Makirinoto. Let him go to a place where they don't recognize him. Vilbash Shehorim. Let him wear black. Vitatef Shehorim. Let him cover himself, Zed, in black. 
then let him do what he wants to do. But do not desecrate God's name in public, which means Prince has a great Yitzhara to do something. Don't do it in uh, where he is. It's a great, great Halul Hashem. Go dress up, put on different clothes so nobody recognizes you. Go to a place where nobody knows you. And then at least you're not going to be Mehalel Shem Shamayim. So at least this Talmud Chacham, even if he wasn't successful to overcome his Yitzhara, but he didn't do it. In a public way, he found the bilai. He put on the clothes. He went uh, outside and did it uh, So at least he had a redeeming factor. Uh, Tosfot says that the avar adrabi ilai. He has a different girsa that he transgressed against the bilai's rule. We have the avad kerbi ilai. Tosfot the avar kerbi ilai. V'lachen lo kibluhu. That's why the Ma'arav, the Hasidim, did not accept him. Because and that's why the Dayanim accepted him because he followed the Bilai. Next to Which means, when, when Rabbi Lai's advice was, Put on your black clothes, go to uh, you know, a different place, do, do what you want. Hazrat Shalom is not telling you to go commit a sin. He's telling you that Be'ezat Hashem through this method of wearing the black, going to a place that they don't know you, it'll humble you. And that'll cause you to desist from making the sin. But even if he commits the sin, at least it's not done. Be'chadu Hashem. Kebra says, Shifcha Shilbet Rabbi Mayhi. What was the story of the Shifcha of Rabbeinu HaKadosh? That her, she put somebody in Nidui. What was the case? The Amtad, the Berbi, the maidservant in the house of Rabbi, Hazite Lahu Gabra. She saw a certain man, He was hitting his older son. So what happened? Amra, she said, let this person who's hitting his child be Bini Dui. Because he's transgressing the Isur of the Torah, you're not allowed to put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. Because you're going to cause him to fall. What is this talking about? This is referring to somebody who hits an older child. Why? He's causing his son... To react back. How? Either he's going to hit his father back, or he's going to say words disrespectful back to his father. So therefore, you cannot cause somebody else to make a sin. So he, she held that when he's hitting his son, older son, that's already Isur. So therefore, she put him in Nidui. Again, now we're not talking about obviously a child. It says, Dafka a Gadol. Okay, because Klal, a gadol is going to react and hit back. Of course, it can change where if society has younger children that are already trained, unfortunately, that if they're rebuked or hit, that they're going to hit back. So then also if the applies as well. But that was the case of the Nidui of Amtadrabi. Bishtakish was watching an orchard. It seems he had an orchard, a field. And he was uh, protecting it, he was watching it. <laughs> so a guy came and he started to eat from the figs. He stole. So Rishlakish raised his voice He says, hey, you know, get away The guy didn't pay attention He kept on eating from the figs Says, this person over here Let him be very doy So the fellow says You should be very doy He put the shakish in the doy He put the shakish in the doy 
Which is, ah, listen, if I stole things, so your money. Was that excuse to put me in uh, Dewey? It's a monetary uh, case over here. Huh? Who said, I'll pay you? Well, you can't put me in Dewey if it's such a case. So the Shtakish came to the Bimadrash to find out who's right over here. His Nidui is a Nidui. And your Nidui is not. Which means you're now been Nidui. And what you did to him, you were wrong. You were not to put him in Nidui for that. But his Nidui is a Nidui. So therefore now he has to, uh, he has to deal with it. And she says, why is your Nidui not a Nidui? Because she had no right to put him uh, in Nidui. It was an illegal uh, Nidui. That wasn't proper. Because what? Just just pay. But this guy that put you in Nidui had a good claim. Because you disrespected him by putting him in Nidui. So you have no right to do that to him. So therefore, now now you have a a problem. Because you're you're Nidui. So that okay, Yosef learns over here, Mikan Adam Hayav Nidui From here you learn that somebody that puts somebody binidui unlawfully, he's Hayav Nidui himself. That's what the Rabbi said. The Nidui that they put on you is uh, is valid. Umay takante. So he says, What do I do? How do I get out of it? They told him Go back to the guy and tell him to release you. He says, Lo yadal ale. So I don't know who the guy is. So you have to go to the Nasi. Because the Allah says only somebody greater is able to release somebody from the Nidui. And therefore, since you don't know who it is, go to the greatest man in the generation, so you're sure that he's greater than the person that put you in Nidui, and he'll release you. If you don't know, put the person in Nidui, go to the Nasi, and he will release you. In the city of Usha, they made a takana. Let's say the Avbetin, he, he did a sin. He did something, uh, something wrong. He sinned. He's deserving of an Nidui. They don't uh, put him in Idui out of respect of the position. They tell him, They tell him in a nice way, which means keep your dignity, keep your kavod, and just go home. Don't, 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 don't come back. Don't come back. Or some say, make yourself heavy. Which means make yourself heavy and sit at home. Don't, uh, don't, don't, don't come out. Hazar v'sara, but if again he commits the sin, menadin otom ipne halul hashem. Then already we give him one chance to be nice to him, but the second time already they put him in idui because of the halul hashem. Because if you don't punish him, the people are going to say, "Oh look at that, you can commit sin and you can get away with it." So it's going to cause others to sin. So therefore, because of the halul hashem factor, even at bedin you have to put him in idui. Ufliga d'rishlakish. This is arguing on Rishtakish. The Amar Rishtakish, Talmid Hakam Shesarah. You have a Talmid Hakam that committed sin. El Menadin Oto Bifarhesya. You don't excommunicate him in public. Shane Amar, because the Pasuk says, Vechashalta Hayom. You have sinned today. And the Navi also sinned. But the Pasuk says, when the Navi sins, it says next to it, Laila. To teach you, Kaseu Kalaila. Now, when the Tamina Akham sins, like the Navi, cover it like the night. Jeez, don't do it in public. So he's holding you, do put him in Nidui. You just do it in a quiet way. Now, as she says, Don't embarrass him before his I put him in the kisui at night. Like a, in a private way so nobody sees. Morzutra chasida ki mechayev tzurbam rabbanan shamta. Morzutra chasida. When somebody was obligated nidui, beresham mashmit nafshe. First Morzutra would put himself in nidui. Ve'adar mashmit ledideh. And then he would put the fellow in nidui. 
Now why would he put a self-imposed Niduyah on himself? So Tosfot says, Mishum, Baram Tosfot, Mishum Tsa'ar. Shesarih linadot tamir hakam. Because he felt bad. He says, oh, I have to minadot tamir hakam. So because of the pain that he had, he said, I have to feel his pain as well. And therefore he would minadot himself. Inameh kedeshiyeh zakul latir. He wanted to remember to take him out of the nidui. You don't want to keep him there for a long time. So once he puts himself on nidui, you know, he has to take himself out. So therefore he'll take his, uh, that uh, student out as well. it says, Therefore, first he would release himself, and after he would release himself from the Nidui, then he would release the uh, the other uh, person. Okay. I just go back to the other Tosafot for a second. Actually, let's just finish for this Gemara. Then, when the rabbi, Mursutra Hasida, would get to his inn where he was staying, Shari he would release himself from his own nidui, vadar and then he would uh, get the nidui off of the talmid, off that person. That was his custom. So we see over here that a talmid can actually excommunicate himself, and release himself from the nidui. So the mefarshim was in such a case. In the case where he really didn't do anything. Where he's just doing it uh, out of hasidut in order to commiserate with the guy that he put in the do. So such a do, you can put yourself in it and you can also take yourself out of it. Because it's really not a legitimate uh, nidu. It's really not a, you know, nidu for a reason. It's just doing it because of hasidut. Just to do the tosafot above, when that uh, fellow... Uh, was stealing the dates or the figs from the Shlakish. So the Shlakish uh, told him, You're a Nidui. So he said, I'm going to have money. I'm not going to have Nidui. So even though we learned that you can't put somebody in Nidui for money, but Tosfot says you shouldn't take him to Betin first. First, you got to go through the process. If he doesn't want to pay in Betin, then already you're able to put him in Nidui. You don't put him in Nidui at the time of the stealing. That's just a clarity on that piece. Ama Rapapa. They're going to give me reward. I never put a tamid hakam in nidui le'olam. Out of respect for the tamid hakam, he never uh, put a tamid hakam in nidui. So what does he do? If a tamid hakam is worthy of a uh, excommunication. So what does he do when a tamid hakam is hayab nidui? Like they do in the Ma'araba, in Eris Israel. What do they do? So it says, Mimnu anigida de Tsumab Rabbanan. In Eris Israel, they had the Minhag that Betin would uh, you know, rule, vote, to give a punishment of Malkut, of lashes. That's uh, anigida. That's lashes. So it would be, beat them with lashes. And that was his punishment. But they would not give him shamata. They would not give him nidui. So Hachmeir Israel, they would minimize giving a person nidui, especially if he's a tamid hakam. Okay? They committed an avira. They'd rather give him malkut. Because it seems the nidui is very severe, as we're going to see now. And out of kavot, the Torah that this person has, they would give him a dispensation. Similarly, Rabbi would do the same. He wouldn't give uh, Nidui to a Tamir Hakam. Now the Gemara wants to know, my Shammata. Why do they call a Nidui Shammata? Amarav Shammita. Because death is found over there. Which means it's a serious thing, it's dangerous. It's not just um, excommunication, it's a curse. And Hazusom, it could cause a person's uh, death. Shammata, Shammita. Ushmael Amar, Shemama Yehyeh. 
that the person is going to be shemama, shemama is desolate. It's going to cause him to be desolate. Umahan yabe kitiha betanura. It's as if a person puts oil or fat and he uh, rubs it on the oven. What does that do? So that she says, Kishomen shetohin etatanur v'niblah betocho. All now the flavor uh, or the, of the shomen gets now swallowed into the walls mm-hmm. of the oven. Obviously when they heat it up. She'en yotzeh le'olam. It gets sucked into the walls. That she says, Kilomar. Maka lechol man de meshantinele delon afkamine le'olam. Once a person gets put in nidui, the poison of the nidui stays in him forever. Even if they release him. But there's, there's after effects. Ufligad rishtakish. But this is going against what Ishtakish said. The Amar Ishtakish, Keshem Shenechna Neset, Bimataim Varbaim Ushmana Evarim, Kach Keshi Yotza, Yotza Mimataim Varbaim Ushmana Evarim. Which means, just like it enters the 248 limbs, when they release them, it gets released from the 248 limbs. There's no after effect. Keshi Nechneset, I don't even know what goes into the 248 limbs, the Khtib, Vayeta Ayir Herim. Right when uh, the. When Joshua bin Nun was going to war, mm-hmm. he told them that nobody could take from the spoils. Right? The city is going to be Hedim. Which meant, and anybody that takes from the spoils is going to be Behedim. So the Gemara says, Hedim, Gematria, Mataim, Varbaim, Ushmonavu. The word Hedim is numerically equaling 248. To show you what? That the Hedim goes into all his limbs. Ukshehu Yotza, when it comes out, how do you know it goes out of the 248? That once already he's released, there's Rahim. God remembers him. Rahim is mercy. Obviously, Rahim is the same letter as Hirim. And when a person now they give him mercy, clemency, so then already the, it goes out of the 248 as well. So we have a mahlukin if there's an after effect on the Hirim or not. Amar of Yosef. Shadi Shamta Aginuftad de Kalba. Harem is so powerful that even if you put a harem on the tail of a dog, it'll do its work. Which means even though the tail of the dog is the you know the extension of the uh, it's not the animal itself, but it doesn't matter. Which means it'll travel from the tail all the way to the rest of the limbs. It's like a, it's like a poison. It just travels through the whole body. Why? What was the story? The Gemara says that there was a certain dog that it was eating the shoes of the rabbis. It could be the rabbis took off their shoes before they entered the Bit Midrash. Mm-hmm. And they came back, the shoes were all ripped up and they all eaten. They don't know who's eating their shoes. So they put a general harem. Whoever's eating the shoes of the rabbis, harem. All of a sudden a fire got uh, attached into the tail of the dog and consumed them. So therefore you see what? It just touched the tail. It burned the tail. Only the tail consumed. And it ate its whole body. The, fire, the whole purpose of the Gemara was to prove that it, goes from the that it travels. <laughs> and therefore it started with the tail and went to the whole body. Continues. There was a certain bully. Right? Strong, tough person. He was uh, causing anguish to a certain Tamihacham. He was picking on him. So the Tamihacham came to Rav Yosef. He says, what do I do with this guy? So he tells him, Zil Shemteh, go put him in Nidui. He says, what do you mean, I'm scared? I'm going to put the guy in Nidui, he's a bully, beat me up. Take like a, um, a note, and write a note in Bedin, that this person is going to be in Hayrim. So he says, go check it, Mr. Finamine. Well, the Muslim is scared. Why well, now? He knows I went to Bedi now and uh, had them write up a star 
that uh, excommunicated him. So Amar Le, he said, okay, fine. So he, he says, I need to, I need to get rid of the guy, but in a way without him uh, knowing oh, yeah. that I did it. So he says, fine. Shakle ahte bechada, which means take the note, write in the paper. This person is going to be Harim. in Harim. Take the note and put it in a kad. Kad is an earthenware vessel. Ve'ahtebe, place it in it and put it in the beta kevarot. Ve'ahtebe kavre, go bury it in the cemetery. Ve'kari be alfa shipure, and go, uh, you know, blow the shofar a thousand times. Barbein yomin for forty days. Ezil avid hache, he went. He put the note in the earthenware jug. He buried it in the cemetery and he went and he blew the shofar in the kad. Since he blew the shofar in the kad itself for 40 days. And what happened? Paka kada. At the 40th day, the kad exploded. Umit. And the guy died. So the umit alama. And the bully died. The symbolism is the kad is like the human body. Because the human body also in death breaks. Just like a kidney hairis, once you break it, right. it's broken, you can't fix it. And he put the hairim in the body, so to speak, in the bit of kibara, which symbolizes death. And the blowing of the shofar, the kibara is going to say, symbolizes something as well. My shipure, what's the shipure? What's the nyara blowing the horns of the shofar? Shinifra'in memenu. Shipure is like a lashon, shinifra'in. They are going to punish him. So therefore, that's the plan, the word in the 40 days, because that's the 40 days of a human being's blood. Creation, right? A normal human being is created, it takes 40 days for Yitzhirat Avalad. So therefore he committed a sin, so therefore we go to undo the 40 days of his uh, creation as well. So the Gemara says, My Tabra, what's the reason they would blow Shivarim? They blew the Shofar. But what type of sounds did they blow into the God? So they blew a Shivarim. Those are the, you know, the short sounds. So Amar of Yitzhak Bered Rav which means to show you that when a person, when there's an idui, the idui is so strong, it has the ability to knock down houses. Mm-hmm. Which means if a person, the, the city's put in idui, or whatever it is, a person's put in idui, the power of the idui is tabre, it's like a shivarim. It breaks. Not only the person, it even breaks the houses. Like the tall houses. That she says, third line. Mm-hmm. Can even bring down the tall houses. Wherever the rabbis put their eyes, which means when they get angry at a person, either there's death over there, or oni, or barmenan, there's poverty. Which means the curse of the Tamil Adam brings one of the two. Uh, options, mita or oni. So it's a, the, the words of the Hakam in anger are are powerful. But this we explained once in the Benish Hai when Eliezer, Eved Avraham, mm-hmm. went to the house of Lavan in order to get a uh, daughter or a shinduch for Yitzhak Abinu. So Lavan and Betuel, they were delaying. Mm-hmm. They were saying, hey, why don't you stay for, uh, for 10 days or a month? Until we see, so Eliezer was not going to be delayed. So he said, you either you give the uh, girl right now, or ifne al yamin or al semon. So he said, either I'll go to the right or I'll go to the left. So what was he saying? Well, I'm going to go back home. But what did he mean when he said I'll go to the right or I'll go to the left? Was he giving him directions exactly which way he's going to go home? So the Mefashim explained like this. The Benish High says that. In the name of a Kadosh Baruch Hu, you have Yud Ke Vav Ke. That's the name. The most right letter of the name Havaya is Yud, and the most left letter is He. The letter uh, Yud it represents Olam Abba. Says God created the world. Says Biyah Sur Olamim. In the letters Yud Ke, God created the world. Olam Abba was created with the Yud, and Olam Azeh was created with the letter He. And of course there's deep meanings to what these two letters have to do with those two Olamot. Uh-huh. The Pasuk says, Orech Yamim Bimina, Ubismola Osher Vechavod. Which means, 
Orich Yamim, long life, Bimina, is on the right. That's connected the letter Yud. Ubismola, and on the left side, which is the He, Oshir Bechavod, that's where there's money. So therefore, Eliezer tells Lavan and Betuel that if you don't give me Rivka immediately, Ve'ifne al Yamin, that's the letter Yud, which means Orich Yamim Bimina, take away your life, Mita. I'll go to the left, which will affect your Panasa. And both things happened. Because as a result, if you remember the story, Bituel died, and Lavan lost all his money. Lavan didn't make his money back until Yaakov Abinu came years later. Then the Berachah came back. Why? Because Eliezer was Makpid. That's Eliezer, Ibn Abraham. Kavahomer, the Tamir Agam himself, that when he puts his eye on somebody, Omi Tao Oni, which is literally. There's a death or there is Oni. In that case, it was both. And that's what he meant. Hmm? Okay. Comes the Gemara and continues. Back to the Mishnah. We learn now we're going back to the cases where somebody is allowed to shave on Khulam Mu'id. So we said a Nazir. What was the story of a Nazir? A Nazir has the status of a Kohen in the sense that he cannot mitameh himself during his Nazirut. And the case where we're discussing it was the Nazir became Tameh. And Al-Akha says when the Nazir becomes Tameh, so now he has to count seven days as a period, as, as part of the process, and he has to cut his hair. When the Nazir becomes to it, Allah says he has to cut his hair. So let's say, now, the Nazir's uh, procedure, he became Tamir, and now in Hulam Mu'id. So Allah says, he has to cut his hair. Because he wasn't able to cut it before the Hulam Mu'id, before the Yom because he was a Nazir. So he's considered an honest. So a Nazir that went betum'ah on Hulam Mu'id, even though normally he can't take haircuts, he can. What's a Mitzurah? A Mitzurah is a leper. Now Allah says, when a person is a Mitzurah, he cannot cut his hair. Correct? However, when he starts the Tara process, it's a seven-day procedure. And on the seventh day of his procedure of Tara, he has to cut his hair. And on the eighth day, he brings a Qurban. So if the seventh day of the Mitzvah's uh, procedure happened on Holomoyed, since he couldn't do it before, he's able to do it on Holomoyed itself. Good? Is this case of the Nazir and the Mitzvah only talking where they weren't able to do it before Alamoed? Which means where their seventh day fell on Alamoed itself. Or maybe no, maybe we're lenient when it comes to these two cases, even if they had an ability to do it before Alamoed, doesn't matter, we'll still be lenient. We learned all these leniencies that we said that the person is allowed to shave on Hola Mu'ed, it's talking where they did not have the ability. For example, if the guy was let out of jail before Yom Tov, yes, because they before Yom Tov, we're not going to let him cut it on Hola Mu'ed. But if they had an ability, Asurim. However, Naziru Mitzorah, when it comes to these two, Even though they had an ability to shave before Cholamu'ed, Mutarim, it's still permissible for them to do it on Cholamu'ed. Why? Because we don't want them to delay their Qurban. Halakah says, on the seventh day of the Mitzvah, he cuts his hair. On the eighth day, he brings a Qurban. On the sending of a Nazir. And therefore, we do not want the Qurban of the Nazir and the Qurban of the Mitzvah to be delayed. Which means, he was really supposed to cut his hair on Erev Hag. Okay, he didn't. Now you're going to tell him, what? Huh? You can't do it on the whole holiday. Now he's not going to cut his hair until after that. And as a result, what's going to happen? Korban the Qurban that he's supposed to be is going to be delayed. So, and he can't bring the Qurban until he cuts his hair. Uh-huh. So therefore, in order not to delay the Qurban, which is a different factor that the other cases do not have, there's a Qurban factor here. Uh-huh. We don't want to delay the Qurban. Therefore, even if he had the ability to shave before Olam before Yom Tov, doesn't matter. Let him do it on Olam itself, and bring the Qurban immediately the next day. So Mitzorah and Nazir are different than all the other cases. Now we go to the next cases. These following cases the Mishnah does not bring. These are brought in the Braita. We're going to have to see why our Mishnah did not bring these cases. Tana. HaKohen, 
a Kohen that's working in the Beit HaMikdash. As we learned, there were 24 Mishmarot. Every week there was another rotation. So the Kohen that's working in the Beit HaMikdash for his given week, Ve'avel or Barmenan, some of that is in mourning. And his mourning period ended on the Mu'id, the holiday. Mutarim begiduah. They are permissible to uh, shave, take haircuts, because they weren't able to do it before. Now we have to see the case. Comes the Gemara and says, Hai avel Let's go one case at a time. What's the case of a mourner that his mourning period ends on Hala Mu'id? We have to review the cases first. Halakha says, for the first seven days, that's one period of Avedut. Mm-hmm. After the seven days, you have the laws of 30. Okay. Now, the laws of 30, from 1 to 30 actually, one is not allowed to take a haircut or shave. Okay, that's the halakha. But again, it's two separate stages. In the sense that, Cholam Mu'ed, or Yom Tov, is able to break each respective stage. For example, if he's on the second day of Abedut, and the Yom Tov now comes, the Yom Tov breaks the laws of the seven. Because whatever stage he's in, when Yom Tov comes, that's the stage that's broken. Nafkamina, he doesn't have to sit on the floor anymore, he can wear shoes again, the seven is broken. But let's say he's past the seven, and then the Yom Tov comes, so now it breaks the next stage. It breaks the laws of 30. Therefore, if he already started the uh, 30 days, which means he's at day 7 or 8, we'll see, because there's a Mahalokin, when does the 7 end? One opinion holds, which is the opinion of Abba Sha'ul, Miksata Yom Kikudah. So on the 7th day, you're really ending 7 and starting the 30. Whereas Hakamim say, no, you got to do seven complete, and you don't start 30 until day eight. Now that's a tremendous nafkamina. But everybody's going to tell you, if let's say you got to day eight before the holiday, so therefore on day eight already, we're just starting the, the, the shloshim, so therefore technically the holiday itself now, you're in the 30. So the Gibraltar says, let's read that again. If we're talking about whether eight day already is we're for sure now the holiday is going to break it. So you should have shaved We tried to find the case where you could shave on Holam or Ed if a person was Avil. Well, if the eighth day of his Avilut was on Erevaregel, that means the holiday is going to break it up. So therefore he'd be allowed already to shave going into the regal. We don't, we don't, well, we don't have to wait to the regal. They let him already go, because since he's in the 30, and the regal's coming, he's allowed to already shave on that day. Mm-hmm. So that's not the case we're going to let him do it on Holom We'll tell the guy, hey, you can't do it on Holom You should have done it on Erevaregel, because you started the 30 days already, by being on day 8. So that cannot be the case. As she says, if none. But Nitin, we have a Mishnah later on, Dafyutet. Hakover Meto, Shimonaya Mim Kodemar Egel, the person buries his dead. Eight days before the Egel, Batlu Mimenu Gezerat Lamed. Already the 30 days are broken. Umuta Begiduah, Huil Vikvarit Hid Yomehad Minashloshim. Since already started one day of the Shloshim, in day eight, Vezeu Ivelog Ilea Erevarege, Loigalab Erege. So this guy, he had a chance to do Erevarege, he didn't. We're not going to give him the Holomoed dispensation. Good. So comes again what says, Ela, I'll tell you what the case is. Shehal Shemini Shelo, Liyot Beshabbat Erevarege. Oh, no choice. The eighth day came out on Erevarege. The problem was that Erevarege was Shabbat. So therefore, you're right, you can shave. How are you going to shave? It's Shabbat. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he's honest. So therefore, since he's honest, he'll be able to push it off until Cholam Mo'ed. So we have a case where an Avil can take a haircut on Cholam Mo'ed. When? When his eighth day came out, yeah, How's he going to go on Erevaregel? So therefore he can go on Erevaregel. That's what Fortis has a technical problem. How is it possible that the eighth day of Avelut comes on Shabbat? 
That means his first day of Avilut was on Shabbat. Oh, they buried him on Shabbat last week, the week before? You can't bury on Shabbat. How do you have a case where the eighth day of Avilut is on Shabbat? That means the first day was on Shabbat. So Tosfot says, no, we're not talking about where they buried the person on Shabbat. There was a Shimwah. Halakha says that when a person finds out mm-hmm. about Badminnan and Niftar, that's considered already day one. So the Shimwah came to him on Shabbat. That's how we have a case of day one, Avilut be Shabbat, and day eight could be on Shabbat, Ayrabadegin. Okay. So the Gemara says, if that's the case, if Shabbat, in that case, we'd let him shave on Friday already. Advance. Yes. Because that's day seven. Now let's go slow. According to Abba Sha'ul, no problem. day seven is a problem. Because day seven is day seven and day eight. It's really mixed up the Yom Kippur But even according to the rabbis, that normally hold that day seven is, is not mixed the Yom Kippur In this case over here, lenient. where the eighth day is Eid of Aregel, even they'll be lenient for you to do it on Friday. The Gemara says, First, we all like Abba Shaul that day seven already is part of the, is the end of the seven and st- part of, and starting of the thirty. And even the Achamim that say no, you need the whole day seven to finish the seven. They'll agree. They'll agree that what. You could shave on Erev Shabbat in that case. So that's not the case then. We're looking for a case. Give me a case where an Avel is allowed to shave. As a result of his Avelut, he can shave on Olam So we don't have the case. If his eighth day was Erev Aregel, yeah, so let him do on the regular Erev Aregel. No, the eighth day is on Shabbat, Erev Aregel. Do it on Friday. And even according to the rabbis, they'll let you do it on Friday. Because they were not Mahmid in such a case. So the Gemara says... Mm-hmm. You have to say that the seventh day of the Avilut fell on Shabbat. Uh-huh. Now, the seventh day fell on Shabbat. Now we have a brighter. Seventh day fell on Shabbat. According to Abba Shaul, uh-huh. you're in your 30 already. Because seven is really considered like eight. Because mm-hmm. it's something of yeah. In the morning, you finish your laws of seven and you start already your. You're 30. So technically on that day, you should be allowed to uh, shave, technically because the regal is going to Nevatel. But you can't, because it's, it's Shabbat. So therefore, according to Abbas Shaul, you can be considered Anus. Therefore, on Hulam according to Abbas Shaul, you'd be allowed to shave. Ah, how come Mishnah did not list this case? Because our Mishnah is going like the Hakamim. And since the Hakamim hold, no, on the seventh day, you didn't start the 30. And therefore, the regal never broke the 30. And therefore, you didn't have an ability to shave on that Erev. And therefore, Holomir is not going to break it. The only, what's the logic? The only way they let you shave on Holomir is when? If you weren't able to do it before. If a person was Anus, which means he didn't have the ability to do it before, so then they let him do it on Holomir. So now we have the case. The seventh day of his Avilut fell out on Shabbat. So the Gemara says, Tana Barra, the Tana of the Braita. The Tana of the Braita that says he can shave on Hulamu'ed in such a case. Sabarla Ke'aba Shaul. What does that mean? That the seventh day is really considered like part of the eighth. And therefore, really, what? He should be allowed to shave on that day. But what he can't, he's Anus, because it's Shabbat. Yeah. So therefore, he'll allow you to do it on Cholam Mu'ed. Da'amar, b'ksat ha'yom kikudo. V'yom shiv'i ole lo lekan u lekan. And the seventh day goes, lekan u lekan, for seven and... Thirty. Eight, for the thirty. V'kiman, the Shabbat, and since that day fell on Shabbat, Anus ha'va. Since it's Anus, what's the law? If you weren't able, because you were Anus, to do it before the holiday, I was allowed to do it before the holiday, mm-hmm. but I was Anus. Oh, so we'll let you do it on Cholamu'ed. However, Tanadidan, why didn't the rabbis of Al Mishnah bring such a case? Which means, how come Al Mishnah did not bring such a case of Avil? The Mishnah brought the case of a guy coming out of jail, the guy coming out of captivity, all those cases. But it did not bring a case of Avil. You know why? Savad la 
Because our Mishnah holds like the opinion of the rabbis. The Amre that they hold, no Amrinam Yom Kikulo. They don't hold that you say Miksata Yom Kikulo on the seventh day. The Akate Lo Shalim Avilut, the Shvah, which is bottom line, you didn't finish Avilut yet. And therefore the holiday does not break the Shloshim. Because you're still in the seven. Which means when the Regal comes, you have to already have started the Shloshim for the Regal to break it. But if you didn't start the Shloshim, so the Regal doesn't break it. So you're not going to have a to shave. Already you started your Shloshim. And therefore the Regal broke it. But what? So therefore he gives you a dispensation to go on Holamoy. So basically the rules like this. The only time the holiday breaks a shloshim is if you started your shloshim. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't start your shloshim yet, if a person didn't start the shloshim yet, doesn't break. So according to the rabbis, when this guy is the seven days on, on Shabbat, did he start his shloshim? Because the rabbis know. No. no. You don't have to make something on the seventh day. No. He has to finish the seven. When does he start his shloshim technically? Saturday night. On the holiday itself. That doesn't break. You have to be already in your shloshim for the holiday to break it. And since he did not start a shloshim yet, you cannot shave on Cholam Oed. Already the guy on Shabbat is in the shloshim already. In the morning he finishes at 7 and already he's in the days of the 30. Good. What's the law? If already an Eid of Regal, a person's in the 30, the holiday breaks it. You can technically shave on Eid of Regal. But this guy has a technicality, Shabbat. Shabbat, you can't shave. Uh, oh, so that guy can go on Holomoy. So now we understand. The Braita that gives this case is following Abbas Sha'ul. The Mishnah that does not bring this case is following Shitat Hakamim. Now go to the next case. The Gemara continues. Hai Kohen Echidameh. Which we said, a Kohen that goes to his Mishmar, normally a Kohen in his Mishmar, during the week of his Mishmar, is not allowed to cut his hair. That's a issue. During the week that he serves, he's not allowed to cut his hair. However, we said, if the Braita holds, if his Mishmar ends on Hola Mu'ed, so we give him a dispensation that he can cut his hair on Hola Mu'ed. Now, although our Mishnah did not bring that case, we'll see why. The Braita brought the case. So, give it a watch. What's the scenario? Hi, Kohen. If you're going to tell me that what? That let's say, fell on Shabbat. Which means the regel is on Sunday. Every Mishmar ends on Shabbat. Okay? So his Mishmar ended. On the day the Mishmar ended, that was Erev HaRegel. So the Gemara says, Which means he still had the ability to take a haircut before Shabbat. He could have taken a haircut on Friday. Because we know that Anshim Mishmar, they even are able to take a haircut on Thursday, Shabbat. So therefore, in the case that Cholam that Yom Tov is on Sunday, that cannot be, we're not going to give him a dispensation for Cholam Why? Because he had an ability to take the haircut from before Shabbat. Either on Thursday or Friday. Oh, so that comes again and says, Lot Serika Dishli Mishmarto Baregel. Do you know what the case is? Where's Mishmar finished on the Regel Atzmo, which was not in the first day of Yom Tov, was on Thursday. So now, he cannot shave on Wednesday, because Wednesday, which is Ayrev HaRegel, is the day of his Mishmar. So that's not going to work out. He cannot shave on Thursday, because Thursday is the Yom Tov itself. And therefore, the Hiddush of the Braita is, that they allow him to finish uh, his shaving on Sunday. <laughs> Sunday is when? Sunday is already Cholam which is the third day of Cholam which will be permissible. So now the Gibran explains. Tana didan savan, Tana our Tana holds. Kevan ditnam, since we learned in Maseket Sukkah. Three times a year, meaning on the regalim. That all the mishmarot would come to the Beit Hamikdash in order to divide up all the korbanot of the holidays. In the Shabbat of the holiday, all the mishmarot divide equally. It's considered as if he did not finish his mishmar, which means if the holiday starts on Thursday. Already Sunday, he's still in his Mishmar. Even though it's Cholam Mu'ed, because he's still dividing from the Karbanot. So we're not going to give him a dispensation to shave on Cholam Mu'ed in that case, on Sunday. Because it's considered consecutive Mishmarot. Mishmarot. And therefore, 
uh, it comes out that he's not going to have a tear. The Tanah the Barasava, the Tanah the Brayta says no. Even though he is connected to those mishmarot, which means he does divide equally in the korbanot. However, his mishmar ends on Shabbat. And therefore, the next week is really not considered as mishmar. So we'll let him shave on that case on Cholam, because he had no choice. The mishmar, uh, the holiday start on Thursday. Thursday Yom Tov. Normally we'd allow him to shave on Thursday. But holiday. So then we cannot. So then we push him until Sunday. Let's go into Rashi. And even though it's Cholam or Ed, but since he was Anus, he couldn't do it before. Ay, it's his Mishmat. It's his Mishmat. It's not his Mishmat enough that we're going to tell him Don't he cannot it. shave. That's the deen according to the brightness. So comes that we have a fantastic Mahalog between the bright and the Mishnah. Lenyana Kohen, that the holiday falls out on Thursday, are we going to allow him to shave on Cholam Moed or not? Pefarshi point out that even though, according to Tanakama, seemingly in this case, when Yom Tov is on Thursday, he should be permissible to take a haircut on Friday. Because even on a regular Mishmar, you're allowed to take haircuts on Thursday and Friday. In this case, you couldn't take on Thursday because it was Yom Tov. Okay, so Friday now is only Cholam Moed. Mitzad the Mishmar, it doesn't apply. So the Mifarshim, the Shunim, want to say, according to Tanakamai, in that case, he'd be allowed to take a haircut on Friday. But he would not be allowed to take the haircut on Sunday. Because Sunday, you have two things against you. It's Cholam Moed, plus now he's starting a new Mishmar, since he divides equally with all the other Mishmarot, Goanim. And therefore, according to Tanakamai, it did not list this case in the Mishnah. Comes again, when I continue, Tanakamai, anybody that we give a dispensation that he can take a haircut on Cholam Moed, for example, Habam Midatayam, or Yotzeim Mibetasurim Mibetashaviyah, was he, what's the case? The guy would let out of captivity right before the holiday. Or on Cholam Mu'ed, let's say. He couldn't shave before Cholam Mu'ed. So we allow him to shave on the Mu'ed itself. Similarly, if let's say a person came out of prison during a time of Avilut. Mm-hmm. Somebody passed away now. Okay? He couldn't shave when he was in prison. They don't let him. Okay? Now he comes out of prison, he's been in Avilut. So just like we give a dispensation of Hala Mu'ed, he could shave. Now it's during the year now. During the year he's Avil, it'd be permissible to shave during his Avilut. If he got out of prison. What do you mean? Wait, we have a clip right there that says that when a guy's Avil, I don't care if we just let out of prison during the Avilut, he has to follow the 30 days of Avilut and he cannot. Shave it all. That which we said that we allow him to shave is when he has successive avilut. So the Gemara is saying the case like this. He was let out of jail. Okay? He let out of jail, now he has an avilut. 30 days, he didn't shave. And then right after that, another avilut hit him. So he has an additional 30 days. So in such a case, where he was let out of jail, which means he wasn't able to shave him before him. Mm-hmm. And he has two avilut in a row, in that case we'll be lenient to him. Mm-hmm. So the Gibraltar says, what do you mean? Ibi shetakvu abelav, yitamu ya successive aviluts, my idiya kol elu sha'amnu. What do you have to give me a case where he was let out of jail, mm-hmm. then we'll let him uh, shave on the second avilut. Avilu kol elu even without that. Even a regular person that has successive avilut, the Gibraltar says the Tanya, takvu abelav ze'arzev, a person during the year, regular, let out of jail. Mm-hmm. Regular case. He had successive avilut. Let's say his hair became heavy. He's able to cut part of it, let's say, with a razor in order to take away the weight, the weightliness of, let's say, his hair. And he's able to clean his uh, garments with water. What do you see from over here? You see from over here that you have a, disp- a person has a dispensation you know what always. Even if he didn't come out of jail, he has a dispensation. Kibbutz says, "No, I We learned on that statement. Amar of Chazda beta In that case, where it's regular, where it's takfu, you're allowed to shave, but you have to do bishinui beta with a razor, but not with a scissor, which would be the normal way. Bemai, you can wash his clothes with water. That's different types of detergents, which means it comes out like this. We have three cases. In a regular case of avilut, which means the guy was let out of jail into avilut, he can. Do anything. He cannot shave at all. There's no dispensation. Unlike Cholam Moed. If he was let out of jail into Cholam Moed, he can't shave on Cholam Moed. Now, if let's say a person, not 
let out of jail. Stop. He has consecutive avilut, successive avilut back to back. In that case, they'll be lenient for him to shave in the second avilut if his hair becomes whitely on him. But davka yadeh shinui. is here. If the person had successive avilut and before the first avilut he was let out of prison, let's say we came in at the yam where he wasn't able to shave beforehand, and now we have success on the second avilut, they'll even allow him to shave normal way. Then already he can shave even with, let's say, the misparayim, and he can wash his clothes even with the detergent. Comes again and says, Which means from here we see that a regular avil, it's a for him to launder his clothes, uh, even with water. Because the only dispensation we made for washing the clothes was takfu avilav. Right? And even then we only allowed it with water and not detergent. But Master, a regular avil is not allowed to launder his uh, clothes, even with water uh, alone. And uh, uh, one of the reasons uh, why this is going to be uh, asud, they learned it from Pesukim. Uh, uh, Someone say it's Pesuk uh, is just a remez. Uh, uh, and the reason why uh, this is asud is only during the seven days. Some want to say, but during the thirty days, oh. uh, this would be uh, permissible. And some want to say the isud is only the actual laundering itself, which is considered like a melacha. Mm-hmm. We don't want the avil to take his mind off the avilut, and uh-huh. therefore a regular avil is asud uh, bechvisat. Uh, Begadi. Amen. Amen.